Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Peter Sherman in for John Oakley today. Here's what's on the podcast for Friday, October 2nd, 2020. How are your children adapting to online learning? We hear from a parent who's experienced a three-ring circus of dysfunction, and she's sick and tired of it. The President of the United States has COVID-19. Some of his detractors are reveling in his diagnosis and saying they hope it kills him. I'll tell you why this is wrong and how heartbreaking it really is to lose a loved one to this virus. And a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. But what about taste? An Irish court has decided that Subway sandwich bread doesn't meet the criteria to be considered bread. All of this starts now. Right now, I want to share something with you and then introduce the person who authored it. I'm not going to read all of this because it's long, but um, this is uh, a a person who has a daughter uh, who goes to a TDSB school and uh, is frustrated. And she posted on Facebook. I'll tell you her name and bring her on board to talk about it in a moment. This is something I posted, she says, on my personal Facebook page, and I'm posing it here right now because I think this needs media attention and it's not getting. Um, And, well, this is media attention, so it's getting some now. I'm officially frustrated, she says, angry and upset. It's October and my grade two daughter still has no teacher for remote learning. First, remote learning was delayed by a week because some parents opted to switch at the last minute, which drove numbers up. This shouldn't have been allowed, in capitals, to the disadvantage of those who followed the rules and opted in on time. Late joiners should have been waitlisted, just as we were told we would have been if we tried to switch into in-person. Then the constantly shifting goalposts started. Remote learning was delayed again, but parents were only notified on the eve, the literal eve, that school was to start. We were told that some students might have teachers by the following day, or maybe the day after, or maybe the day after that. We were told to check the TDSB's online platform, Brightspace, daily at 9 a.m. to see if our child had been lucky that day. Well, those are the words, and, and they're uh, not all of the words by any stretch, uh, of a lady by the name of Tripta Sood, and she's on the line to talk to us now. Tripta, how are you? I'm well, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and it sounds like uh, a frustrated parent. I think there are a lot of frustrated parents out there. I don't know how much of it is really the TDSB's fault and how much isn't. I'm not trying to take blame away or cast blame, but uh, you're frustrated for a reason. Why don't you expand on what motivated you to do this and, and tell me what your daughter's situation is now? Okay. Well, uh, so that was posted two days ago. Uh, My daughter's situation is now uh, unchanged, unfortunately. Um, We have no teacher. We have um, no new communication from the TDSB since, uh, let's see now, September 29th. So, unfortunately, the September 29th communication from the TDSB uh, told us essentially nothing. Um, what we know now, we know a few new things now. Um, we know now that um, 
there was a September 30th date that allowed parents to opt in or out of remote schooling for a second time. We know that 7,500 new students have opted into remote schooling um, since I posted that. Uh, <laughs> what's now and 3,000 have gone the other way, strangely enough. Yeah. yeah. So, but we also know, I saw um, another parent on the Facebook group that I'm a part of where you found that, uh, that rant, that at the time there were still 3,200 kids without, without teachers. Um, so we're still looking at 7,500 students that are going to be without teachers um, at this point. Okay, so it's it's Friday, and uh, you're going into the weekend, and then Monday mm-hmm. school starts again, and your daughter is sitting at home, essentially, yeah. other than what you may be doing for her or she for herself, learning nothing. Well, and the thing is, she's seven and a half, right? Right. So she's, she's not doing anything for herself. I mean, I can sit her down with a workbook, but I'm, I'm a full-time, I'm a litigation lawyer. My husband is a litigation lawyer. Um, we both work full-time plus, you know, our jobs are demanding. Um, we are not, we, we're not able to sit with her and monitor her. Um, she's also supposed to be in French immersion. Um, we both do speak French, but it's very, we're not, you know, I can teach her English. It's my first language, but I'm, my French skills are not good enough to teach her my second language. Um, so she's, yeah, she's sitting at home learning nothing, um, which was to a large extent the case from March to the end of June. Are you in so, touch, Stripta, with any other parents who are in a similar situation? Like, are you trying to use any kind of strength in numbers? Plus the fact that you and your husband are both litigation lawyers. I mean, I can tell talking to you and, and by what you do, first of all, you're, you're above average intelligence. And secondly, you're great communicators. Yes. So I have been in touch with a lot of other parents. Um, I've reached out to a number of media outlets. I filed an official complaint with the Ombudsperson's Office today. Um, I've tried to, I've tagged our, um, our school trustee in a number of Twitter posts, none of which she's responded to. Who is your um, school trustee? Let's just name somebody. Jennifer Story. Okay. Um, I called her office a few days ago. Um, the lovely young woman who answered the phone um, tried to sort of slough me off with a wall pass on a message. I actually made her take down every single question I wanted answered. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of felt sorry for her, but there we are. Um, she was very nice, um, but I've received no response. Um, I've emailed the virtual school principal. I have done Everything and anything I can think of. I emailed uh, Mr. Lecce's office. I emailed Mr. Ford's office. I told them that I was going to be speaking to the media. Um, I have given everyone I can think of every opportunity to deal with this. Um, and no one has done anything. So, so I mean, the, the summary that I would put to this, just listening to your story, and, and if there's you, there are many other yous and many other seven-and-a-half-year-olds and, and kids of other ages. I recognize, you recognize that we're in a very unnatural situation, but there was an awful long time to prepare for people who wanted virtual, people who didn't want virtual, who wanted in-class. They've accommodated changes. They've even set dates where they would make those changes. Communication, they have Ryan Bird, who is, uh, I know him, he's a great communicator, but they obviously haven't tasked him to go out on this situation. And here you are posting on Facebook, which is, uh, you know, wide dispersion. And now you're talking to radio, presumably tell television and print um I, I guess you're hoping for some action next week and pretty damn quick well that's exactly it and if i can just uh, make two really key points mm-hmm. um one is so 
in our situation, we did not keep our daughter home lightly. So our daughter has an autoimmune disorder. Um, my husband has the same autoimmune disorder. Um, prior, it was never, the question was never asked of parents who chose remote learning. Um, why are you doing it? Um, that question, I didn't think, had I known we were going to be in this position, um, I would have advocated strongly for my daughter by saying to the TDSB, look, we need this remote learning because she cannot safely, in our view, go back to school in a pandemic. Um, the question was never asked by the TDSB, what are your reasons, or do you have a medical need to keep your child home? In which case, my argument would be those children need to be given priority. Um, the second, second issue is that children who opted in on time, as I said in my Facebook post, should have been given priority. At this point, we're going to be, see an influx of 7,500 new students. Are, are the children who've been waiting since August 28th going to be given priority? Um, these are things that the TDSB needs to deal with. Well, um, it's interesting that you say in your post, and I'm looking at it right now, that uh, you, you lack strong, words that are strong enough, abysmal, pathetic, embarrassing for them. And, uh, and the pattern of the TDSB thus far has vacillated between complete silence and uh, emails the evening before promised deadlines to advise parents, but not all of them because not all parents whose children are registered for remote learning actually receive the emails, that what was promised is not happening. In other words, the communication is hideous. So I, what, let me just put it succinctly and let you put, do the same. You want the TDSB to act on your daughter's situation and kids like her now. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the time was months ago, but the time is definitely, definitely now. Well, it is October the 2nd. The weekend is the 3rd and 4th. Let's hope that on the 5th, because it ain't going to happen on the weekend, that you get some <laughs> communication from the TDSB as to what your daughter's fate is, because she deserves, like every other child, to be accommodated in school. And uh, since they're offering both virtual and in-class, uh, you've chosen virtual for very good reasons, you should get an answer. Thank you for joining us and sharing, Krypta. Thanks for your time. Much appreciated. All right. That's Tripta Sood. She is a full-time married working mom of a seven-and-a-half-year-old daughter in grade two French immersion, and she delivered this scathing online review of the state of the education system, particularly referring to the TDSB uh, here in Toronto and in the province of Ontario. And uh, if you want to look her up, her last name is S-O-O-D. You can check her out on Facebook and you can read the whole thing. Donald Trump and Melania Trump in isolation because they both have tested positive. And the president is showing uh, what are described as light symptoms. He's at work and he's working from the White House, the residence of the White House. Uh, they're in isolation there. And I want to talk a little about those people who believe this is a great development. I don't care whether you love or hate President Trump. You must never wish illness or death on anyone. I, I We could argue about that, and I know some of you would. That's my view. And I have a personal understanding of COVID, and I'm going to share that with you in a moment. And it might provide some insight into what this hideous virus actually does and why, when you know a little bit more about it and how people affected by it feel, that you would never think to wish uh, ill on the president or anybody else. Now, how do I know? I lost a favorite cousin two weeks ago. Two months in the best hospital, under the best doctors, and with access to the best drug treatments you could get, 
because he was a doctor and he had connections. Not to say that uh, he got special treatment, but he got everything that uh, that money could buy. And it was money could buy because he's an American. And this all happened in South Florida. My cousin died an awful death. And uh, I, I can just spend a little bit of time on it today so that you understand. Anyway, all of this is so heavy. I, I hate this on a Friday, really on any day, but our business is to bring you the news and to interpret it and let you discuss it uh, with us and with each other. And we'll also deal briefly with an interesting Irish court judgment that takes us away from all of the COVID news, which is not good news. Uh, and, and that Irish court judgment says Subway, the fast food chain, doesn't meet the definition of supplying bread. That's not bread because of the sugar content. It's weird. But it's interesting. Anyway, um, let's get into the uh, the Trumps for a second. Uh, Donald and Melania Trump are COVID positive. They're both um, reported as fully functional. They're isolated in the White House residence. The president has mild symptoms, but he's at work. What happens if he can't function? That's one of the things that people are asking. Article 25 of the American Constitution uh, comes into play, and Vice President Mike Pence would take on the role of acting president, if that occurred. It's not occurring, so don't think it. Uh, someone asked what would happen if that occurred, and Pence then took sick. And by the way, he has tested negative as of now. Well, then the acting president will become Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, and a Democrat. A and I would say that nothing would make Donald Trump will his body back to health more quickly than knowing that. Now, have you heard people say that Trump having COVID is a good thing? I, I awoke this morning to a friend's email, and it, it's a friend from Europe, and it read, finally, a good piece of news about Trump. And I was appalled. I got to tell you, I was. This is not and never should be about liking or disliking Donald Trump or anyone. I said that, I'm saying it again, and I take this extremely personally, and I told you why, and I will amplify. I had a cousin, not an old guy, not a young guy, a doctor, an OBGYN, a really terrific person who never, ever, ever took chances and warned me before I left Florida in March, Peter, this is going to be really bad. Take really good care of yourself. We had dinner two nights before I left. Um, he worked out daily. He always wore a mask. He wouldn't eat outside the house. He kept his distance um, religiously at his uh, medical practice. He wore full gown, uh, full gown, more like a hazmat suit, goggles, medical grade mask, medical gloves. No way that he got it there. So where did he get it? Well, nobody knows. And that's why we're all being told, be terribly careful. And here's what I can tell you. My cousin, Stephen, was his name. He fell ill at the end of July. He went to hospital in early August. He was quickly put into the ICU within a few days. And as I say, best of the doctors, uh, the best hospital in South Florida, the Cleveland Clinic. He had the connections because uh, of his medical practice. And they even had remdesivir for him and experimental plasma drugs that people just don't get. Uh, but they had some for him. And that damn disease went ahead and literally destroyed all of his internal organs. He spent almost two months in there, and he never saw his wife or his children. Not once. He died alone two weeks ago. Now, I've lost people in my life. But even losing my parents, for example, was not as bad as this. I kept daily and then hourly track of my cousin. And then I was told they were going to disconnect his life support systems. And they did. And I got the simple message five minutes later, and it read, he's gone. And I will tell you, listeners, and you can hear in my voice that this is hard to even talk about. I'm a tough guy, but I lost it. And I may as well have been sucker punched in the gut with a sledgehammer. Why? 
because that brought it right into my reality. It just wasn't me or it wasn't my wife, not my brother, not my sister, uh, not some personal friend I see every week or so. It was my cousin's turn, my cousin Stephen. So when I hear about people wishing that kind of illness and that kind of death on anyone, Donald Trump or anyone, I simply won't have it. It is not a funny thing. And all I'll say here is may we all be spared. Something that uh, had come up in Ireland. Ireland's top court says it knows what bread is. And the stuff Subway uses for its sandwiches isn't. You, the amount of sugar used in the dough uh, supplied by Subway and used in heated sandwiches exceeds the maximum level of sugar according to Irish law. Now, the I could go into a lot of uh, drill-down detail, but I won't because we've got limited time. And I know a lot of you eat at Subway, and every once in a while, so do I. And I also remember an ad campaign that they ran a few years ago about, you know, if you order a reasonable sandwich from them, so we're talking about things like turkey with lettuce and tomato and, uh, and onions and uh, maybe a little bit of some kind of sauce on a multigrain bread, you were dealing with about eight grams of carbs, which sounded pretty good to me, and it's the kind of thing that I do. Uh, when, when, if I eat at a subway and, and look, I don't eat at a subway or any fast food places all that often. And especially not these days, but I wanted to find out about it. And I thought you'd be interested to know as well. So we're joined by Dr. Lisa Young, uh, who is author of finally full, finally slim. And she's also a professor with the department of nutrition and food studies at New York university. Dr. Young, good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Hello. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, you heard my little setup, and uh, you know a little bit more than I do about food. Does what the Irish court say make any sense to you? Well, it does actually make sense because the bread from Subway has five grams of sugar, and that is about a teaspoon and a quarter, a little bit more than a teaspoon of added sugar, of sugar, so... Um, it's more like a confectionery. It's more like a cake. So it does actually make sense. And it also makes sense because people think they're having a piece of bread and they don't really think that they're having something that has that much sugar. Are you saying let them eat cake? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is what I would really love is if Subway would take the sugar out of the bread. I hear what you're saying. Classify it as bread. Of course, I was I was just joking a little bit with that old Marie Antoinette line. But um, given what you say, uh, about five grams of carbs in one of those rolls, is that what you're uh, alluding to? Sugar. Five grams of sugar. Five grams that of is, sugar. Yes. So what would the uh, a multigrain roll, and you know the size of a sub sandwich, what would that contain in total grams of, say, carbs? Uh, it would really depend on the calories. I mean... If the calories are coming, if a roll is going to have 200 calories and there's four calories a gram, we're talking about 50 grams roughly of carbs, for example. But the question is not the carbs, it's the sugar. Because the added sugar, which people get confused about, that is already going to be more like a cake. Okay, so uh, while the Irish court may have jurisdiction in Ireland here, when Subway says you're eating it on, do you want a cheese roll, or do you want a white roll, or do you want a multigrain roll? So I'm talking now North America-wide. Um, and they, they call it a roll or bread. We would accept that. But you're saying that this is not as healthy, perhaps, as maybe the people from Subway are suggesting? 
Exactly, exactly. But what I will say is that the bigger problem, this is like an uproar over, you know, the classification of the bread for taxes, but a bigger issue is what it is that you're ordering, and many people think that this fast food place is healthy, this one is not. Subway does tend to be somewhat healthier than some of the other ones, and they have healthier choices, but not everything is healthy. When you get a bacon cheese sub, the bacon and the cheese is far worse than that. Okay, so if you get a bacon and a cheese sub and you're eating it on uh, one of these cakey rolls, if we can call them that, uh, (laughs) are you eating any more healthily than, for example, if you went into one of the hamburger places, fast food, it doesn't matter what the names are, um, would would you be better off or the same or worse with the Subway choice? You would be just about the same. And so you can go into any fast food place or any restaurant and find something healthy if you look hard enough. But you can also go into any restaurant that is touted as, quote, healthier and find choices that are unhealthy. So it's about you informing yourself as an individual, and I'm talking now to our listeners out there, as to what's in it. And, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of pivot into something. Uh, you're probably as aware as I am that during this uh, pretty terrible period of COVID-19, anywhere you are in the world, uh, if you're staying inside, and we're just experiencing a spike here in Canada, notably in Toronto where we are located, uh, and the spike is causing our uh, provincial government as well as our local government to stay Stay indoors. Don't socialize. We're not locking down, but we're going back sort of halfway for a month to see if we can uh, get this spike under control. People stuck in the house, they tend to watch Netflix and uh, and they tend to hang on the news and they tend not to work out and they tend to eat and drink too much. And uh, I'm hearing things like, have you got the COVID-15, which is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying, have you put on 15 pounds as a result of COVID? Are you experiencing that uh, in your area as well? Oh, absolutely. And I actually wrote a piece earlier on when the pandemic, you know, had hit in New York, and I had written about how to avoid the quarantine 15. So absolutely. But what I'm going to say is that you can. It might be a little harder, but you absolutely can keep your weight down. And what I would say is to plan your meals, make sure you have some healthy choices in the house, And, of course, portion control and watching portions is key, and that's my whole thing. And I write a lot about that in my book, Finally Full, Finally Slim. And find the time to do some exercise, like a yoga video or, you know, something, some kind of a a video if you have to. Or if you have a trainer, work out virtually at home. I do that, and it's great. Yeah, I like doing some yoga classes online on YouTube as well. So anything you can do that keeps you moving and it will really make a big difference because you'll also feel a lot better okay and we can get more of what you're talking about in finally full finally slim your book which is available at uh, bookstores and on amazon i assume yes it is thank you yes thank you so much my pleasure have a great weekend You too, and stay safe. Dr. Lisa Young, who uh, is the author of Finally Full, Finally Slim, and a professor with the Department of Nutrition and Food Studies at New York University. I'm Peter Sherman, in for John Oakley, and this has been the Oakley Show podcast for Friday, October 2nd, 2020. Listen to the show weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 Eastern. 
Turn the dial to 640, listen live at 640toronto.com, or search the name John Oakley on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.